0: Some things are meant to be shared, absolutely. Uh, my favorite thing to do while we've been showing that video throughout this weekend is look around the room. And a lot of people are like me when they first start watching, it's like, oh. okay, he's laughing, that's fine. It goes a little bit further. Okay, it's, it's mildly entertaining, I guess. It's still laughing and going a little bit further. You see how the smiles get a little bit more contagious. And then even this room, you're watching, you're like, I don't know what's happening to me. I can't stop smiling. Last night I was sitting over here and and I came up on the stage while the video was happening I look out and I I see this teenage boy sitting in the the section over there and he's like, it's not funny, It's it's, it's not funny, you know what I mean, like you just can't help it, some things are meant to be shared and some things you just can't keep inside and some things you also just want to break into for yourself. Coca-Cola made that video uh, a while ago now where they sent undercover cameras into a train and they just wanted to prove a point. Some things are meant to be shared. Some things you can't keep to yourself and some things you can't keep away from yourself either. I want to introduce myself. My name is Danny. As you saw in the Hope 360 video, uh, I'm the campus minister up in Ames. Uh, it's, uh, it's really cool to see what God's been up to there. Uh, it started off with just an email is what I'm told uh, of somebody interested in bringing hope to Ames and it's turned into now every single weekend we're packing out this place called Zekes and we're running out of chairs. I mean it's just it, it, what God is doing, praise God for that uh, and, and what he's doing through some amazing people there. Uh, and uh, so <laughs> when you have that many people there watching your service, we decide okay, we should probably show up and then uh, and, and, <laughs> you know become, uh, an official campus. and so on August 20th we'll be launching as an official campus. We'll be doing that at Ames City Auditorium, uh, and uh, we'll be meeting Sundays at 10:30. On Wednesday nights, there's going to be a college service at uh, 8 pm. We'll also have a lot of different other ministries, every single age. We're covering it. Uh, we want to uh, reach out to the city of Ames. If you want to find out some more information about that and you're a college student, I want to make sure I announce this now. After this service in room 136, that's in the basement, right? I should check on that basement. Yeah? Okay, I'm getting some yeses, and we'll go with it. Uh, after the service, we'll have food there for you. We'll provide some lunch. Um, and uh, that's, that's for anybody who wants to find out some more information about that college ministry. Uh, come on, join. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Um, and I just want to say thank you for welcoming me here uh, to, to preach and to worship with you. Um, you guys have such a faithful pastor at this place. Pastor Scott, I mean, he is an incredible person. A very faithful leader for him to say, I mean, he, yeah, praise God for him. I mean, he's amazing. I, I've known Scott, I've known Scott since I was in ninth grade. Um, and, and just, he's been entertaining, all these different things. But now over the last month since I've been working at Hope, I've really had him pour into me. and It's been really wonderful. And something that I'm so grateful for is him allowing me to come here um, and him inviting me to invite you to Ames. Uh, that shows where Scott's heart is at. It's not about him. Uh, It's not about bringing people to hear his voice, it's about sharing the news about Jesus Christ with the world around. So I invite you, uh, if you are in the Ames area, to join us. Um, Or if it's in your heart to be a missionary to the Ames uh, community, if you want to come up and join us, we would be so happy to have you. Um, And at the same time, keep on doing amazing things here because that's very fun to watch. So like I said, I've uh, I've been working at Hope for the past month, but coming to Hope is a lot like coming home for me. Uh, I grew up going to Hope, uh, weekend, week out. Is involved in all the different ministries. The only difference uh, between you and me on that is I didn't have the option. Um, <laughs> some of you know this. Uh, my last name's Householder, and my dad's name is Mike, and uh, and so you know here I am. <laughs> no, I, seriously, this, this church has been such a blessing in my life, and and I I like a lot of pastors' kids don't have great experiences. I have been wildly blessed by this church, wildly blessed, and I thank you for that. And uh, whether it was from a distance or whether it was up close, thank you for being my church family and for being my extended family throughout my life. Uh, it's a wonderful thing for sharing Christ with me. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Thank you. Praise God for you. Uh, praise God for you. You're wonderful people. Um, so there are things that we share, and uh, it's the point of social media, isn't it? And again, we connect. Like, you know, we connect on there, but why are we connecting? What are we connecting with? We're sharing things about our lives. You know, on Instagram, I got a cool picture and put a filter on it. It looks pretty sweet. I'm going to share it with people. I want to share some news. I'm on a vacation. Look at this beautiful sunset on Facebook. You know, somebody shares an article, and sometimes it's like things like, why would you share that? <laughs> Baby giraffe walks into zoo. You wouldn't believe what happened next. I got to click that, <laughs> you know. Like, why? I mean, some things are just fun to share. Google Plus, no one's on that. <laughs> anyone anyone right on cool we'll connect later uh, twitter i'm terrible at it youtube there's the videos that are shared and, and it's all about getting these likes because you know, we want to share these things with the world around us we want them to appreciate it it's in our it's in our nature to share it's fun remember a couple of years ago the dress anyone remember seeing this thing float around let me fill you in so some of you are looking at this dress right now, and you're seeing a white and gold dress. Some of you are looking at me and saying, that's crazy, that's black and blue. It's because, I don't understand how this works, but our eyes work differently. And so because of the way this picture is taken, because of the colors of that dress, some of us see a gold and white dress. Some of us see a black and blue dress. Apparently, it's actually black and blue. Some of you might have a color deficiency like me, and you just can't tell no matter what. And so it's just fun to watch other people's reactions because there's like rivalries that develop in this. Black and blue! A guy actually got a tattoo with a black and blue dress on his forearm because he had to share it with people. It's just fun sometimes, you know? We share things, it's in our nature. But then there's the things that we share, that we're carrying, it's the burdens. It's the bad news. It's fun to share the exciting news. And sometimes we have no choice but to share the bad news. Sometimes it's because you get caught in something. Sometimes it's because you just need support. Well, I'm carrying this burden. A loved one dies and you have to share that news. I'm getting sick. I'm sharing it with you. I need help. And sometimes it's not like that extreme, but it is bad news. I was in high school and going home to mom and dad, and like, I'm going to have to explain to them, like, you guys, I bombed this test. Bad news. Something I love about Scripture does not hide from these things. It faces the reality of the world that we live in. When I find myself in these situations, when I'm carrying the burden of bad news, I go to the Psalms. I read things like Psalm 42 in verse 4. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. One of the toughest things about bad news is that it reminds us that we, we lost the nice times. You know, we, we lost that time. Maybe even it wasn't nice in that moment. At least there was a light at the end of the tunnel. At least we had hope. But now I feel like it's lost and I'd do anything to go back. Oh, how I missed that. Oh, how I remember how it used to be. Scripture is very honest about that. It's not just in Psalms. It's all the way throughout. There's mourning. There's an entire book called Lamentations. But it doesn't stop there, does it? God, through his word, has a response to your bad news. God, through his word, has a response to your mundane news, where everything just feels numb. See, there's this word that shows up in the New Testament. It shows up over and over again, especially in the book of Acts, when they're sharing some news. I'd like everybody to read this word together. I've been waiting so long to tell that joke. (laughs) I know, it's like, oh, it's a seminary kid. He's going to come and teach a Greek word. Congratulations. Yes, because I've been studying Greek for the past year, and no one seems to care it's what I've learned a lot about what I learned in seminary. Guess what, weirdo? <laughs> Everybody say "you." That's those two letters, "angelion." Now put it together, "you angelion." Yes, "you angelion." First part of this word, "you." It's a short way of saying "good." There's "good angelion." Maybe start to get a little bit more familiar because it comes from a word called "anglos." Angelos sounds really familiar to Los Angeles, again, the city of Angel. Angel. Well, okay, this doesn't mean good angel, but angel, what that actually means is a messenger, a message. And so euangelion means good news. And if we dive even deeper into this word, it means God's good news. The way that it's referenced to in scriptures, is it's God's good news, and to who, Well, to humankind, when it's translated into English in the way that we read it in our English Bibles, the word is gospel. Gospel literally means good news. Gospel it's the response to the bad news. It's the response to the mundane news. It's the response to the hopeless news. There is good news. We don't stop with the bad because there's good news. And that's where we pick up in our sermon series this week, in Acts chapter 13. It's the summer of Acts. We're studying the early church and the early apostles and how they'd go on these mission trips, and they'd be sharing this good news, the gospel, with people. And it changed communities, it changed lives, and eventually it's changed the world. And so we run into this guy named Paul, and we learned about him a little bit more a couple weeks ago, how he used to be this guy who would persecute Christians, but he was transformed. He he received the good news. He breathed in the good news. It's kind of like we said in that song, he breathed in God's grace, and then he breathed out God's praise to the world around him. He became his life's work. Paul, he goes around, and a lot of times he's joined by this guy named Barnabas. So Paul and Barnabas, they go from city to city, and they tell people about the good news. And that kind of sounds strange for us today, because then we're in church, you know? And then a lot of us come to church every week. <laughs> But then there are also those of us who maybe didn't grow up in the church or are new to church. And so you you know that feeling of what it's like to not hear about this good news. To not hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That rings true with you. Someone had to tell you. Someone had to introduce it to you. Someone had to live it out for you. That's what Paul is running into in every single city that he gets to. These places hadn't heard yet. They had been living with a lot of news (laughs) with a lot of instruction, with a lot of rules. But Paul is saying, I have good news. See, so Paul in Acts chapter 13, he finds himself in this place called Antioch of Pisidia. And then he's telling them, he's taking them through the history. And at first he's telling them about all this news that they've heard of before. See, the Jewish establishment was strong in Pisidia. And so they would teach the people, here's how you get right with God. There is this God of Israel and he chose this guy named Abraham to bless the nations. And through Abraham, he produced many descendants. And eventually, that descendant line would, would lead to the King David. So see, there's all these highs, and, and, and God takes care of this line. But in the midst of that, there's also darkness, and there's also bad news. The biggest of the bad news, humans are imperfect. See, part of the deal is God says, I will bless the nations if you keep my commands. There's a reason for that. It's not like God is just bossy. He, he, he's a perfect God. He's perfect. Humankind is imperfect. And so something has to happen. Either God has to become imperfect to be with us, or we have to become perfect for God to be with us. Because if imperfect gets in the realm of perfection, perfection is no longer perfect. It's bad news. There's a separation. And so these people in Pisidia, they're being taught. And then all over the land that Paul is evangelizing to. You've heard this news. And they're giving you good instructions. They're giving you good rules for how to get right with God. Follow these laws. Follow these commandments. It's good. Those are good things. Good advice. But I have good news. See, sometimes I think that we misunderstand what Christianity is. We misunderstand what this good news is. Are you a Christian? Well, I'm trying to be. Well, that's misunderstanding it. No, it's are you a Christian? I'm standing in it. See, good advice, good instruction, it tells you how to live. Good news tells you that you are free to live. You are free to live. That's the good news. Because the line didn't stop at David, it kept going. And from the line that started at Abraham and went through, and they're called the Hebrews, and then they become known as the Jews, and it's this Jewish establishment that's built, and it goes up and down and up and down. They try to live up to the expectations, but they can't. And they try again, but they fall. They ask for kings, but the kings can't help them. Problem good news is coming. Paul tells them of Jesus, of the good news. It's probably best summarized in John 3.16, which is one of the most, if not probably the most famous verse in all of Scripture. It's for God loved the world in this way that he gave his son. If you just believe in him, you live forever. That's good news. And so Paul gets to that point with the people in Pisidia, and he says, through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. There's a fix to your imperfection. Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. Everyone. So imagine if you're hearing this for the first time and in the frustration of, I'm trying to get right with God. I'm trying to live up to it. And then Paul comes in and he tells you, guess what? God took care of it. Your problem became his purpose. Good news. Good news. I'm not telling you how to live. I'm telling you you're free to live. Breathe in the grace. Breathe out the praise. Don't abandon the law. Don't abandon the rules. Christ himself said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. What does that mean? Well, it means that when I breathe in this good news, it transforms me. It changes my heart. And so now when I'm breathing out, I'm breathing God's praise. Well, what is God's praise? It's things that glorify God. What glorifies God? Righteous living. And so now it's not my work. Now it's not my efforts. Now it's not what I can do. Instead, it's what God did for me. And the result of that is God's work. His deeds are now coming in and breathing out. I breathe in your grace. I breathe out your praise. It's good news. So imagine if you're hearing that for the first time. You want to keep coming, right? And so good news for Paul and Barnabas, they preach this message, they invite him back. It's always good news for a preacher. You can come back sometime. Let me know. (laughs) We're busy names, okay? Scott's got you covered. Um, So they're invited back. Now this time, oh, the crowds show up. You know why? Because this news, it's not a burden. This news is light. It breathes in as easy as air. It breathes out as easy as air. And it's good news that travels fast. The entire city almost shows up. I can't help it when I hear that, I'm just reminded of the story of Hope. This picture in the top left corner here, this is Hope's first campus. I call it Hope Hickman. It's off of Hickman Road. And uh, this picture cracks me up because, you know, it looks like, oh, yeah, cool, you filled the room. But you see here there's another section of chairs, the other half of the room. Not enough people were there. (laughs) So we just forced everyone on one side. And and there's my dad and a guy named Mike Horseman. And there's my mom. And there's all these people. A lot of these people are still around. And there's just this really cute, adorable, perfect baby (laughs) named me. Some of you in this room have actually known me for a very long time, and you know that perfection is, you don't have to share those stories, all right? Doesn't my dad do that enough when he preaches? Oh, man, we wouldn't believe what Danny did today. (laughs) He'll get his payback, all right. I'm so glad we don't broadcast to West Des Moines. (laughs) Woo! All right. But you know what's neat about this picture? It's simple. It's basic. There's a keyboard, you know? And and all that, but everybody's happy because they have good news, and it's something to celebrate, and it's something to share. It's something that can't be kept to yourself, and it's something that others can't keep themselves from. And so eventually, we have Christmas Eve services that look like this. Our good news travels fast because it's not a burden to carry. And it's not because of one person in this room. It's not because of another person in this room. And my, my dad didn't do it. My mom didn't do it, even though we all know she's the one who writes the sermons and runs the church. But, you know, and it's not these individual people. It's certainly not the baby. Ooh. But it's the news. And it was, well, this is a really cool thing that's happening here in West Des Moines. And there's this really smart group of people that were coming to West Des Moines from Ankeny. And some smart people in West Des Moines who, who realized that too, and they got together and like, "Hey, we should, we should share this news with other parts of Des Moines, the Des Moines area." Hello, Hope Ankeny. Here you are. I mean, look at this. I remember in 2006, I went to the first Hope Ankeny service at Resurrection Church. It was wild. Like we had like seating. It was full, crazy, and all that stuff. And still, like not even close to this. Why do so many people show up? Because it's good news. It's a miracle. Look at what this land looked like 10 years ago. It's a field. Do you see? Ankeny is different because of you. The people of Ankeny are changed forever because of God's work for you, through you. It's nothing short of a miracle. Because you breathe in God's grace and breathe out his praise so we kept planning more campuses in central Iowa and we've got these local sites that show up and people want to hear they want to know and so that's why I joined the ministry because it's easy and people just show up you know (laughs) and you only work Sundays (laughs) except you people have a Saturday service man my voice is tired (laughs) I'm kidding that's not how it goes is it See, Paul and Barnabas, sure, almost the entire city shows up. But there was a Jewish establishment there that was, well, it says it, Acts 13, 45, they were jealous, and they began to slander Paul and Barnabas. Why would would the Jewish people be upset? I mean, it it was their culture, and throughout the scriptures that they had that we now know as the Old Testament— and that we're calling for a Messiah. That we're calling for this good news. I mean, do you know that feeling like when, you know, someone one-ups you? Anyone here have siblings? I have two of them. They're perfect. It's really awesome. Actually, I love my siblings. And that is a picture of the funniest person I know. And it's the funniest picture of the funniest person I know. That's my brother, John. It's the funniest picture of him because he's got a pencil mustache. It's perfectly groomed. <laughs> I, I took this picture of John like five years ago. Now I hold on to it for things like these. <laughs> John is the funniest person I know. And not like in some obnoxious, sometimes obnoxious, but not all the time obnoxious way. Like He's funny in a way that just also makes him the most likable person that I know. Even if you're so mad at him, he just does something. It's like, John, all right. I love you still. And then he just makes him a really wonderful person to be around. He walks in your room. There's something about his personality. It's just magnetic. And that's great for everyone, unless you're his little brother. (laughs) Because, and hear my heart on this. I love my brother. But like a lot of younger siblings, I lived in his shadow a little bit. You know, and sometimes he did things better than I did. And there's this rivalry that shows up between siblings. So I was a senior in high school, and it was Christmas time. John was back on Christmas vacation from college. And uh, I had had a job for about a year. as my first job. And, and I thought, I'm making some cash. You know, like, when you get your first paycheck, it's like, you, you think you have way more than you actually have? I'm making $8 an hour. Sweet! So I thought, hey, Christmas season, for the first time, I'm going to buy real gifts for people. And some of you guys are like, you waited till you were 17 to buy real gifts? Yes, I did. But I, nonetheless, I was going to buy real gifts for people for the first time, and everybody in my family was going to love me for it. My brother and sister are going to be there, my mom and dad, and my grandparents were in town, and so I was so excited because... I was going to give them gifts, and they were going to appreciate me for it. And really, the gifts had nothing to do with making them feel special. The gifts really had to do with them making me feel special about giving them the gifts. And so I go out, and I spend way, way more money than any 17-year-old ever should on anything. <laughs> Terrible life decision. As Saving up for college, goodbye. And so I, I, I show up on Christmas morning, and I make a huge deal out of it. Just a huge, <laughs> mom. I did it. Here it is. Wow, thanks, Danny. That's nice. It is nice, isn't it? Dad. Mike. I didn't know. Dad, look what I got you. Aren't I special? Do you like what I've done for you? Yeah, Danny, thanks. You're welcome. John, Christy, Grandma, Grandpa. And there's a rivalry, especially amongst the siblings with grandparents. you know, when the parents won't spoil you, <laughs> the grandparents will. <laughs> so you want to be the favorite? <laughs> and, and so I give them their presents. They're like, "Well, Danny, that's nice. I'm like, you bet it was. So I sit down afterward, and I'm very pleased. And I'm thinking everybody must think so highly of me. John, Mr. Likeable, what do you got? John comes to me first, and he gives me a card. I'm like, oh, perfect, money. <laughs> I could use some of that right now. And so I open up the card. I don't even read it, and I'm just like, you know, shaking. I'm like, where's the, where's the, where's the cash? It's like, read the card, Danny. To Danny, one free hug, love, John. And I look up, and there's John. <laughs> Come here, brother. <laughs> Let me show you some Love. You got me a hug for Christmas you bet I did you got me a hug John I'm 17 and I'm in debt to reindeer quilters man like seriously you got me a hug I, I was needing to return whatever you got me so I could pay people back it you got me a hug oh that's disgusting man so I sit down I'm all grumpy and I'm the grumpy teenage boy sitting on the couch on Christmas morning upset and offended and I look around like, oh, well, I bet everybody else is going to have the same reaction because, John, let's be honest. You didn't think about this for a year. You've forgotten 20 minutes ago. You took out some scratch paper and wrote it down. I know him. <laughs> and so he goes around. He walks up to my sister. Hey, Christy. Opens it. Same thing. Free hug. Completely different reaction. Oh, John, you're such a sweet older brother. I'm your older brother, too. Gives it to my to my mom like oh my Jonathan you're just such a kind kind young man like oh you gotta be kidding me gives it to my dad you know John you really got a special heart on you man good for you oh yeah it's so great John you're fantastic gives it to my grandparents who just throw my gifts behind them in the return pile oh John come here we love you and I'm grumpy teenage boy offended and jealous because I was working so hard to receive love and affirmation and somebody else got it just by giving grace. And at that moment, I thought, it can't be that easy. It offended me. You know, good news is good news. Grace is good. The gift of Christ is good, but it's also offensive. And be careful how you hear that, because a lot of times Christians hear like, yeah, Christianity's is offensive. What? <laughs> it's time to fight. No, it's not. Here's why it's offensive. In the same way that I was offended for my brother, from my bro- by my brother, the Jewish establishment had been teaching one thing, and here comes this news that contradicts their way of life. It challenges them. It can't be that easy. It can't be that basic. There are rules, and you need to earn it, and you need to step up, and you need to hold yourself up. And Paul comes in and he tells them no, the table's been set for you, the stool's there. Sit, enjoy, stop trying. To follow God, stand with Him because He's invited you now. Because where you were imperfect, Christ has made you perfect. You breathed in grace. And so the imperfections inside of you, the holes inside of you, He fills them. And when you breathe out, you breathe out His praise. Now, it's not just offensive to people who are stuck in legalism and just following rules. It's also offensive to the people out there who say, well, that's just too simplistic. Because there's way too much out there for anyone really to know, right? And since nobody really knows, anything goes. Find your truth. It can't be that simple. <laughs> no, I, what is true to me might not be true to you, and it's all relative, right? No, The truth is, Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And that's good news. (laughs) That's Jesus making a way for you where there wasn't a way. To those who are stuck in legalism, to those who are falling into relativism, he makes a way for everyone. Good news. I've got you covered. Good news. Don't miss it. See, Paul and Barnabas, they have to say to the Jews, don't you get it? You had such a privileged seat. The God of Israel worked through Abraham and he's been protecting your line and your culture to deliver this news. It was, you were supposed to be the one to deliver the message. That's when we read in scripture to the Jews first and the Gentiles, it was supposed to come through you. What an honor and you missed it because you got too stuck and because you're offended and because you're the angry teenage boy sitting there on Christmas morning because someone else simply offered grace and the truth and stopped offering good advice and good instruction while good and helpful, offered good news that allows you to live in the righteousness that you were trying to earn through that good instruction and good advice. Yeah, that's offensive. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't get offended like them. Nobody said this was easy. Hope has seen lots of growth. Tons of it. Other churches see growth in their own way. Other churches that are bigger than hope, numbers-wise, other churches that are smaller than hope. One thing that I love that they say around here is bigger isn't better, smaller isn't better, better is better. We've seen growth. It hasn't been easy. For Paul and Barnabas, you bet, it was not easy. They got jealous, and so they took them, and they ran them out of town. They rejected them. Sometimes your good news is rejected. People won't like you for it. Systems won't like you for it. But remember this. You are never opposed to people. You are never opposed to society. You are never opposed to religion. You are never opposed to anything that involves a human being. You are opposed to... To darkness. You are opposed to evil that infected this world. Remember, this truth, this good news is for everyone. Don't get offended to where when they reject you, you reject them. That's not what you do. When you're pushed out on the side, how do you handle it? Paul and Barnabas, they they kept moving. They kept taking steps. They kept going forward. So we read in Acts chapter 13, verse 51, they brushed the dirt off their sandals as a sign of rejection. And and sometimes we we think, what does that mean? It was a command from Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, when someone rejects you, Shake the dirt off your sandals as a sign. Your bad news doesn't stick on me. It can't because I breathed in grace and it's transforming. And I'm going to breathe out praise. I won't be offended like you were offended. I'm going to keep breathing out praise because I breathed in grace. That's the power of the gospel. It transforms inside of you. Again, the advice and the instruction, it's good. But it relies on your work. I invite you to rely on the work that God can do through you. That's good news. So shake that dirt off. Keep moving. Something that I love about Paul is the people who reject them, reject him, he'll tell them what he thinks. <laughs> Sometimes he's a little fiery, but he goes back to them even. He doesn't give up on them. He doesn't get offended. You remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist, Jesus calls him the greatest person to ever live. Quite a label. He was the first one to call Jesus the Messiah. In his adult ministry, he says, look, here comes the Messiah. And he baptizes him and and he, he shows people the way to him. No, not me. It's not about me. It's not about me. I'm simply delivering good news to you about him, about God, and what he has in store for you, about his solution to your bad news, about his solution to your hopeless news, your mundane news, whatever it might be today. John, this faithful guy, he had it figured out. (laughs) Well, he was rejected too. He didn't deserve that. But nobody said it was easy. You will feel pain. In growth, you will feel pain, growing pains. John the Baptist, he finds himself in prison, and he knows what's coming for him. They're not going to let him live much longer because he won't be quiet about this. He's so sure of it. He knows. And yet, John wrestles. John the Baptist wrestles. We read in Matthew chapter 11, John, he, he knows it's coming for me, and he sends people to Jesus. And he says, ask him this, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus, is this news that you're bringing, is it really good enough to be, is it really true? Is it really true? Is, is this good news the truth? Because if it's not, I need to know so I can move on. I have to, okay? Because this hurts. I've invested so much and I'm going to die for it. Paul, same thing. This wasn't the only time he got beat up and sent out. He would get beat up over and over again. He just kept on staying up and kept on moving forward. Here in the United States, you're probably not going to get beat up for it physically. You, there, are, I don't know, but you probably won't. And you're not going to die for it here, more than likely. Don't get me wrong. There are people in the world who are dying for this. But you will feel pain. You will feel rejection. And Jesus will not <laughs> rebuke you or be upset for, for wrestling with that. He doesn't rebuke John here. He says to him through others, through his messengers, he says, go back to John and tell him what you've heard and seen. You want to see the work? I got it. The blind see. The lame walk. The lepers are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to The poor. It's written out for you. The work it proves itself. You've seen miracles. But John, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. John, hold on to me. John, I know people hurt you. John, I know that you're gonna continue to feel pain here in this world it's going to elevate here soon. Don't get offended. Don't be offended, John. Shake the dirt off your sandals. Keep moving forward. Hold on to me, John. Because my news is good. And my news is true. So, John continues. Paul and Barnabas, they continue. Change the world. Lutheran Church of Hope, we continue. People need to know. People have to experience this. They have to hear about the good news, they have to be told that it's for them. That's why we're going to Ames. That's why we came to Ankeny. That's why we went to inner city Des Moines. That's why we went to Johnson Grimes. That's why we went to Waukee. That's why we're going to Ames. That's why local sites are showing up in Forest City, and other places that I can't talk about yet. (laughs) It's why. Because people need to hear about this. And there's room for them. There's room for more. There's always room for more. That's the beautiful thing about it. Sometimes we don't want to share certain things in life because we're worried that we're going to get less of it. Uh, birthday cake. Uh, I don't want to share it at the party. I'm going to get a little bit less here. Uh, last slice of pizza. I don't know. I mean, this doesn't run out. There's always room for more. The picture that you see on the screen right now, that's the Ames City Auditorium. That's where we're going to be meeting starting on August 20th, August 23rd for um, the college service. The first thing I noticed about that picture, that's a lot of seats. <laughs> it is huge. Yeah. What were we thinking? <laughs> we're trusting God. That's what we're doing. There's room. There's room, for, there's room for more. There's room for the masses. But there's also room for one more. Do you, do you know what I'm saying when I say that? There's room for Everyone we want everyone, but even if we were in Ames for 20 years, if we were in Ames for 50 years, if we were in Ames for as long as Lutheran Church of Hope lasts, if only one person filled those seats, if only one person received the good news, breathed in God's grace, and breathed out his praise, transformation, if one person got it, well, worth it. Time well spent. And we'll praise God for it because Jesus teaches when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. Way more than when there's 99 who are already saved. Keep nurturing yourself, stay saved. Trust, be, be the person who, John, who Jesus tells John the Baptist to be hold on to me, don't be offended. But find the lost. One of Hope's core values, lost people matter to God, and so they matter to us. We're going to Ames, where 80% of people that were polled report that they pray regularly. 80%, 50% say they don't have a church home. There's something wrong with that. 80% are praying, calling out to someone. I recognize the world that I'm living in, it's painful, it's dark. There's evil. And so I'm calling out in the midst of my bad news. Does anyone have something good? 80% of them, and only 50% are experiencing community in the body of Christ. It says, Yes! Absolutely, there's good news for you. And there's room for you in it. That's why we're going. That's why we're here. People will be offended. You bet. (laughs) Good news is for them, too. I'm sitting on the couch, all offended, grumpy. John goes around, he's giving all his hugs. Danny, there's room for one more. One of the things that John inherited was my dad's height, and so I just plow into him, and just burying in his chest. Oh, doesn't that feel good? All of heaven rejoices when one lost soul returns. So that's what we're doing. Breathe in God's grace. Breathe it out. You are lost, you'll be found. There are lost, they will be found. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? That's the God we worship. Yeah, you got bad news. Yeah, you caused it. I got good news. Experience it, share it, watch it grow. Amen.